Welcome, everybody, to a Stars Victory Postgame Edition of Spits and Suds. Hey, everyone, I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. It's great to be back on these post games and lots of energy tonight. Great to have the, got to get my legs back, just like the Stars and Sabres needed to get their legs back after a uh, big break. Stars win by the score of 2-1. to one. Jake Ottinger, wow, wow, Jake Ottinger. You know, we, we talk about during the season, goalies just steal that game. And the stars really haven't had to, uh, haven't needed that this year. I mean, Wedgwood's played really well at times. Ottinger's played really well at times. But basically, you know, the goaltending hasn't been elite like it has been in past years. Tonight, elite times two. That was a performance of performances as he completely shut down the Buffalo Sabres. And I mean, these, these chances, uh, you know, in tight, uh, toughness around the net, he was on top of the puck. He was aggressive coming out. I mean, just a real nice sign going in post all-star break. What we saw out of Jake Ottinger and, and maybe going, you know, to Toronto and being around those players and realizing Pete DeBoer said after the game, that was a hope of the Stars organization. Go to Toronto, be around the players, realize who you are, gain your confidence, and then come back and have a great post-All-Star second half. And it certainly started that way tonight. So Jake Ottinger, first star of the game, and for good reason. I mean, the Sabres peppered him. That's that's his uh, the most saves he's had in one game as far as uh, 47. And I mean, there were a lot of quality chances, as I mentioned. Okay, let's start with the Sabres marketing department. Now, back in 1999, I will say they were wearing whites. However, the final score in triple overtime of game six, when your Dallas Stars won the Stanley Cup was by the score of two to one game tonight two to one same logo on the sweater tonight as in 1999 as the sabers went throwback winning goal by sam Steele, foot in the crease controversy in 1999 brett hull foot in the crease different rules at the time <laughs> but if i'm the sabers i'm wearing those blues and yellows baby I am staying as far away from that 1999 curse. I don't even want anyone thinking about it. So I don't know if you thought about it tonight, but as soon as they took the ice, I was like, oh boy, here we go. I mean, that is 1999 written all over it. You know, I was totally expecting, you know, when the stars came out, Madonna, Hull, Ludwig, you know, just bring them all back, boys. It's 1999 all over again. And when it came into the third period and it was two to one, and I was like, no way. It is not going to end two to one. And sure enough, it ended uh, two to one. So, I mean, the reality is, is that this is a quality win. Top it off that Winnipeg loses tonight against Pittsburgh. Colorado loses tonight against New Jersey. So as we look at the standings, a great night for the Stars as far as the Central Division standings as they move into first place tied with Colorado 
with 68 points, and they do pick up some valuable points against Winnipeg. Winnipeg in third at 65. Fourth place is all the way back at 54 points. So if you think about it that way, and I like to think of it that way because the top three are so tight. So sometimes you want to look, it's like, okay, am I going to slip out of those top three? Well, you are 14 points now up as far as not being in that top three, you know, uh, so that's a real, real good sign for the Dallas Stars as they're pretty much cementing themselves in the top three. It's going to be tight and it's going to come down to the end and all three can beat each other. And then, you know, you look at the wild card. It's the uh, Kings right now at 56 points. Uh, so that's 12 points as far as if the Stars were to miss the playoffs, they would have to give up a 14-point lead because St. Louis is the nice surprise right now, and they are in the second spot as far as the NHL wild card. I asked for your questions earlier, and we're going to get to them in just a second. We do have to talk about this sloppy game tonight. All right, Jake Ottinger stole the game, but that was a really, really sloppy game in the neutral zone. That was a very sloppy game as far as giveaways. Thomas Harley in his end, just a nonchalant pass that ended up in a wraparound, a nice Jake Ottinger save. So we saw that throughout the night where the Stars were just sloppy on their passing. They really couldn't get any momentum going. Yes, they did score on uh, the first power play of the night, which was a Matt Duchesne. Uh, but Pete DeBoer said after the game, let's concentrate on Jake Ottinger's game tonight because we have too much to clean up. The unfortunate thing is, is, you know, usually you get on the plane. Well, tonight it's going to be a bus ride because they are in Toronto tomorrow night. We'll see uh, Scott Wedgwood in net. Uh, but, you know, the thing about it is, is that you got to clean this stuff up quick because Buffalo is certainly not Toronto, and Toronto will totally take advantage. They have better scorers on their team. They're quicker. They will take advantage of those turnovers, and I guarantee the Stars will lose that game if they play the game they did tonight because that will be a lopsided affair. Uh, Toronto's really, really quick. I don't like this matchup tomorrow night. I'm just letting you know. I don't like this matchup against Toronto. I think Toronto matches really well as far as the Stars' speed. They take advantage of some of the things that the Stars do. We saw that earlier on in the year, so I'm hoping the Stars can pull some points out of this one uh, tomorrow night. It's going to be a tough back-to-back but let's see what Wedgie can do in net. But you got to get rid of the turnovers. You got to get rid of the neutral zone bad play. Um, I didn't think the defense played bad tonight, but at the same time, it wasn't a shutdown defense as they allowed a lot of chances. Um, at times, they were sloppy with the puck, but certainly there's a need uh, come the trade deadline to try to improve uh, in that area. So just it just wasn't happening for both the forwards, you know, and the defensemen on the off offensive side things. I did appreciate Miro Haskinen. I think he was really trying to force the play at times. Um, that was tough uh, toward the end of the game where basically there was about a 30-second differential between the Stars um, being even strength. They had a two-man advantage at one point in the game being over. And they gave up a shorthanded chance. And toward the end, of the end of the game, Jake Ottinger had to make some key saves. So that was a little scary down the stretch. Uh, but at the same time, the good guys come out uh, on top by the score of two to one in Toronto. 
uh, tomorrow night. Let's uh, get to your uh, questions. You had uh, some good ones tonight and want to get to them. Uh, Rudy, cuz Rudy says, what a way to show why you were an all-star and a part of the all-star winning team, meaning Jake Ottinger, a master class by Otter. Great two points. Look forward to go against the all-star MVP. Hey, you know what? There are times during the season that your goalie has to win you the game. And tonight, Jake Ottinger showed why he can win you game, win you a game. It has to be a massive confidence boost for the Stars team, knowing that you know he had a game like that as a backstop, as is a confidence boost for the coaching staff of the Stars. So, uh, really, really good win by Jake Ottinger tonight. And yeah, a nice two points. And I'll say it's a nice two points because Buffalo had been playing pretty good as of late. So I think they won two in a row. And, you know, anytime you can beat a team on the road when they've won a couple in a row, they're fighting to try to stay relevant as far as a playoff position. It's been a tough year for Buffalo because a lot of people thought they'd be in the playoffs this year. They missed it by one point last year. So they're trying to get their groove back. And uh, the Stars, you know, shut them down, only allowing one goal tonight. A couple of questions from uh, Jordan Harper, hockey fan. Uh, would you have any interest in Eric Johnson in a trade? Buffalo number six. I imagine the acquisition cost wouldn't be terrible. So Eric Johnson's an interesting piece. Won a cup with Colorado. Um, he is a right-handed defenseman, uh, which the Stars desperately need. Uh, 35 years old, uh, been in the league a lot of years, uh, basically since uh, 2007. So been around for a long time, but I, I think Jordan, here's the thing with Eric Johnson. Personally, I like him, um, but he's a third pairing defenseman on Buffalo. And I know Buffalo is pretty deep as far as defense. However, where would he play with the Dallas stars? You're probably still looking at a third pairing. So that's not necessarily going to move Haskinen um, to, you know, his right shot side. He's a left shot defenseman. So you ultimately would like to get a right shot defenseman, which moves him to the strong side. Um, however, Eric Johnson, I don't think will play um, or could play those. He's basically a third line defenseman. I do like it though. If you can get him for a fourth or fifth round pick, I certainly think he's playing better hockey um, than Yanni Hockenpah. He's a nice stay at home defenseman. I think he would certainly um, be an improvement as far as uh, that third pairing. So would I like to see him? Yes. But is he going to fix what really needs to happen as far as a first line pairing with Miro? Um, I don't, that's not going to happen because I know everyone likes the Harley Miro situation. I'm not against it. I think there are a lot of exciting times. I love the offensive production. I am scared when they go against some of those upper crest teams. Let's see how they do tomorrow night, uh, in Toronto going up against some of the top scorers in the league and let's see, you know, if they can shut them down. So that'll be interesting tomorrow night, but I think it's a great question. And I like your thinking as far as a veteran defenseman who plays on the right side. Uh, you also asked Jordan, any thoughts on the world cup event that will replace the all-star event uh, next year? Uh, yeah. You know, I think it's, I think it's really neat. Uh, there will be four teams in it. And I know they threw this together kind of quick, but it's going to be USA, Canada, Finland, 
and Sweden. My only thing is, is that when you cut out like the Czechs, then you cut out a David Pasternak. When you cut out a Germany, you cut out a Leon Dreisaitl. And I know they can't include everybody because technically it is an all-star game. But maybe they could have done something a little bit different. Um, maybe, you know, I, I know in the past they created a world, but maybe it would have been cool to combine some of these countries. Um, maybe USA plays with Canada. Uh, Sweden plays with Finland. Germany, let's say, plays with Czech. I think that would have been kind of neat. Um, or maybe you do a German, Czech, Swiss, you know, something like that where you combine several of the countries. I think that would have been a lot of fun. Um, but it's different. It's unique. It kind of previews the Olympics, which the guys will be allowed to play in now. Um, so uh, I, I think it'll be good, and I think it'll uh, draw interest. Uh, the three-on-three is kind of cool, but at the same time, it just becomes a shooting gallery. Uh, so good questions, Jordan. Really, really good questions. Really appreciate uh, your support of Spits and Suds. And thank you, Rudy, also for your opinion. Uh, Mark Boussel, at Mark Boussel 42. Quick question. Why do teams not pull the goalie for an extra skater in very late offensive zone faceoff? Stars had an offensive zone draw with 2.2 seconds left in the second period. Yes, they did. Seemed like a perfect chance for an extra sniper on the ice with no risk. It's a really, really good question. Um, the question becomes, can the puck make it down into the net with less than 2.2 seconds? Has to cross the goal line. And I think right at that point, you're kind of borderline. Uh, I might have taken that chance, Mark. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, I think they wanted to play it uh, safe there. So that's probably why they do it. Um, but I think if you have like 1.5 left, um, you know, maybe, but if that puck goes in the air, they can get down there, uh, pretty quick. I know it's a long shot, but probably wanted to, uh, uh, prevent that at that point. So it's a really, really good question. Uh, so tomorrow night, just wanted to, uh, let you know that spits and suds will be back, uh, with another edition after Toronto, uh, should be, should be really, really good. And, uh, I, you know, I'm excited because tomorrow night, Robert Tiffin from D magazine, who you guys really, really like, uh, will join us tomorrow night after the game. David Castillo from D magazine will join us next week. Working on Luds, of course, this week, Sean Shapiro, our NHL's insider will join us this week. And then we'll be back on against Montreal. So we're looking to put together five podcasts for this week because you guys called for more spits and suds. And we appreciate it. One other note, got a real, real nice note from Kyle White um, asking me how my NHL vacation was. Um, and thank you for supporting Spits and Suds, Kyle. And I said, well, it really wasn't a vacation because, you know, we did four Spits and Suds during the All-Star break. Had a really cool conversation with Bob Basson, head of NHL alumni. Uh, thanks to all of you that went out to the game against SMU. I was there. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll talk to Luds about it. Luds look great on the ice. Um, so no chirping from me, man. God still has got it. So, uh, uh, but you know, we talked to Bob Basson. Uh, we talked to Sean last week. We did a show with Luds and then we talked with Rich Peverly and Kyle said, Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Um, so, 
Kyle said it didn't show up in his podcast feed. So uh, if you just just Google search Spits and Suds and wherever your favorite podcast uh, platform is, it should be there. And if not, it'll be on one of the podcast platforms. Uh, if you see Odyssey, I know just click on that and it'll be there. And please leave comments. You guys have done a great job with that. And thank you so much for giving us five stars. Truly appreciate it. But that Rich Peverly interview is evergreen. He's the director of player personnel. And as Sean pointed out on Friday, Jim Nill is eventually going to step aside. Uh, Scott White, who's the current assistant general manager and has done a great job with the Texas uh, organization uh, down outside of Austin in Cedar Park, um, you know, he could be the successor if they go internal. The other potential successor, if not becoming the assistant GM, is Rich Peverly. He's already been promoted once. Um, and Rich has a lot of good things to say. He talks about Maverick Bork, Logan Stankoven, and Liam Bixel. He talks about Wyatt Johnston and the current team because now that's his role. And the trade deadline coming up, you know, so some great little tidbits before we get into Rich's career um, as far as with the Dallas Stars, the Atlanta Thrashers, winning a cup with Boston, starting out, um, you know, as a young kid. Uh, just north of Toronto. So it's a real, real cool interview, but I think there's some real good stars tidbits at the beginning that you can kind of soak in from uh, one of the big players in the stars organization. So stars win two to one. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Jake Hottinger. And we will talk to you tomorrow night right here on spits and suds on one Oh five, three, the fan.